sorry, he said easily. You're a nice distraction. She turned around and leaned against the wall, deliberately easing her gaze up and down his body. He grinned unabashedly. There's nothing wrong with a little distraction every now and then, she said softly. I've always wanted to know what kind of tools you construction workers carried in your tool belt. Are you all talk? She thought he was a construction worker? Well, he was dressed in jeans and a work shirt. That depends on what kind of tools you're looking for, he said in a husky voice as he stepped closer towards her. Lifting her chin, she smiled coyly at him. I've always had a thing for a man in a hard hat. Come by my room later tonight, and I'll show you every hard thing I have. When he was a few inches from her, she tossed back her head and laughed. God, you men are so easy. The doors opened, and she nimbly stepped outside. Have a nice day. I hope you looked your fill. He stood in the elevator for a moment, stunned. Quickly, he realized this was his floor too, and he hopped out before the door closed. It's Gabe Maxfield, someone yelled, and the mob advanced with pickets. Gabe Maxfield rarely deviated from his weekday work routine. He needed those morning hours to prepare himself for the day. And if the morning didn't go well, he knew that his whole day wouldn't go well. He enjoyed the calm minutes where he could organize his day so that things would run perfectly. He took the same route. He listened to the same morning radio show. So when he pulled up to the parking lot and found it overrun with people, he was understandably miffed. Protesters, really, he muttered. It had been a while since Duncan Enterprises had been picketed. Duncan actually paid his employees well. They got at least three weeks of paid vacation time, worked in a safe and harassment-free environment, and had plenty of freedom when it came to profit-sharing. The last group of protesters that showed up did so by accident. They were feminists protesting what they thought was a male-run company. Angie Maxfield soon set them straight. How can you sleep at night knowing that you're killing the environment? One girl yelled. She stared at him, and he knew what she saw. His expensive gray suit was neatly pressed, and his soft blue shirt didn't have a single wrinkle. She is going to kill me, Nathan groaned as he bent down to slip on his loafers. His notebooks and papers were skewed all over the kitchen table, and he gathered them as best he could. Glancing once again at the clock, he swore and shoved everything into his bag. Snagging his keys and the bag already in his grip, he was out the door and taking the apartment stairs two at a time. She's so going to murder me. Angie Maxfield was not usually a terrifying person, but if he didn't haul his ass, he was probably going to be the main event at her party. It was bad enough that the CEO of Duncan Enterprises was married to his oldest brother, but now she was also pregnant. Very pregnant. Pregnant, hormonal, and cranky. Hoping to buy himself more time, he called his other brother Gabe as he started the car and threw it noisily into gear. In another interesting twist of his family history, his middle brother had recently married Nathan's ex-girlfriend, Daisy. 
and while he'd given Gabe his blessing, he was fully prepared to use the situation to his advantage and at least try to save his ass. Nathan, Gabe growled in a warning voice. You're not here, and Stephen has noticed. I've left my apartment, and it's going to take me 20 minutes to get there. Has Angie noticed that I'm not there? 20 minutes? Nathan, you live 30 minutes away. 